Hello, beautiful people. For today's topic, I thought of the idea of talking about why you're not seeing results with your fitness. And three big ones that I have seen commonly from working with people and just my experience in the last 10 years of being immersed in the health and fitness industry. Um, so yeah, let's dive right into it. So big three tenets. The first one is something very commonly overlooked is your sleep. Secondly, being underfed and underfueled. And the third one from an injury perspective, load management. So I'm going to dive into each one with a little bit of depth and starting with sleep. So sleep is the big thing that you, it's, it's a non-negotiable. You have to sleep. You have to do it. It's like if you try to get by on like five, six hours of sleep, you're going to feel it. And like, the, and like the amount of times that me working with clients and they come and tell me, hey, coach, I sleep for seven hours a night. I sleep for six. I sleep for eight whatever the number may be, and a really cool company technology like a wearable device that I, that's not on that wrist, that I actually wear and that I've been using the last like year and a half is called Whoop. Um, there's several other ones too and like my Garmin watch, so I am like double like wearable strapped up, is that there's a feature where they monitor your sleep as well. Um, some companies are a little better than others just because of the algorithm that's the uh, level of advancement in technology that they use in their type censoring the, the types of sensors that they use the technology behind it and things like that that nitty-gritty stuff but those type of gadgets those type of wearables do help give us coaches and just you as a consumer a idea to give to give you an insight into your sleep um, to, to for, for you to be able to actually quantify it is where I'm trying to go to because so um, so it, there is pros and cons to being too zoomed in from a metric perspective, and then you're almost like losing the part of the, the, your, your human side of where when like you should know when you're underslept or overslept or things like that. But I feel like using something like Whoop or some type of wearable to monitor your sleep is a great way for you to basically to do a diagnostics on yourself to get a pulse to see how, how how is your sleep right it's kind of like when you go and get your blood work done so then you can get a snapshot of your internal physiology since every organ inside your body has a blood supply to it and you getting blood work is a great diagnostic tool for us for you to be able to get a snapshot of your internal physiology um, and to look at everything. So looking at individual organs, you're able to look at everything, do your blood work, since um, there's that connected uh, vascular system that supplies blood to every single organ. So it's like that. Or when you're trying to look at your gut health and what's going on with your digestive tract and GI stuff, you take a stool test. Or there's all these other different types of testing for different various reasons, but there's no that 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 doesn't exclude sleep. Sleep is a big thing. You, you will spend a third of your life sleeping. And so you want to make sure that your sleep is, you're optimizing your sleep so then you can go and perform well, right? Because you can, if you are trying to pour from a half-filled cup or from an empty cup um, into all the different buckets of different hats and commitments and responsibilities that you have to do and wear, it's, you, you can't pour from an empty cup or a half-filled cup. You're only going to get half a cup or another way to look at it is like uh, like a phone battery no one likes to go to start their day knowing that man my i forgot to completely i forgot to plug in my phone or the outlet came loose and i'm gonna have to function throughout the day with on 
57% or 30% or things like that. So you have to be a lot more conservative of where you use your um, energy and things like that. So sleep is a really big one, especially those different stages of sleep. And wearing those type of uh, wearables do help you get a pulse for how your sleep quality is like oftentimes people are like that's like for me for example i thought i was getting like six or seven hours of sleep instead i was actually in bed for six to seven hours but me sleeping and going through those sleep stages um, was a lot less and the amount of deep sleep stage three and um, the amount of REM sleep rapid eye movement sleep that i was getting into was a lot less too so when you think of sleep think of those as like you have four um, stages that you cyclically go through and you kind of kind of slingshot back and forth throughout the night depending on internal and external like variables and, and things like that. A lot of things can influence your sleep. Um, but think of those ones as your deep sleep, like the type of sleep that you want to get into because they're a lot more restorative. So when you're thinking about stage three, your deep sleep, think of that as more of where the physical um, recovery takes place for your muscles, your tissues, um, all that adaptation to happen, um, that is during that stage, it is a huge influence for those type of recovery. And as you dip into that stage four, rapid eye movement sleep, REM sleep is a lot, is where you're getting a lot of that mental and cognitive recovery for your, um, the, your brain, that's that's the word I was looking for, for your brain. Um, for all of those like neurons and for those like neural pathways that you were building throughout the day, for the memory storage of all the things that you were learning to really solidify and be embedded in, and ingrained into your psychological system and your cognitive abilities for you to it's, uh, like support your executive functions for the following day and things like that, for you to basically operate as a person. And so sleep is really important for all those type of things because if you want to be able to perform well the next day, and when I use the word perform, it's um, supposed to be holistic in the way of like you performing as um, a parent, a brother, a sister, a, uh, a, an employee, a, a boss, or in your, like as a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, as a parent figure, as you in your profession, as you in your um, physical endeavors, or if you're an athlete, or just really just you showing up for yourself. That way you have your cups of you being mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and physically stable. And because you don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know anyone that actually wants to just get to just get by, um, or just to to like shoot for the very bare minimum. Of course, some days you're like, this is this is going to be the best we got. But if you have the ability to optimize it you might want to do that so then you can show up better because no one likes to perform like less than what they can um, if you think about it and if you're watching this you're the type of person that wants to perform well you demand more you you want more you're not settling for mediocrity so yeah so sleeping is a huge it's basically your legal steroid to perform at the highest capacities you can in all facets of your life in each domain in each cup and yeah so sleep, don't sleep on it. It's something that as I've grown older, I've learned to prioritize and protect.
So sleep is a big one of why people aren't seeing results um, inside the gym because then it affects their performance of like, hey, they're not recovering. Hey, they are increasing the likelihood of them getting injured. Hey, they aren't able to give it their, their, their best because a lot of training is neurological, especially depending on the type of things you're doing, type of energy systems, and how, how high the intensity of lifting that you are doing too. It doesn't matter what style of lifting you do. If it's like more hypertrophy for bodybuilding, if it's more endurance, if it's more anaerobic, short bursts, if you're a team sports person, a sprinter, or if you're a powerlifter, Olympic weightlifter, all that stuff. There is a neurological component that supports and influences each one of those types of um, energy systems for those type of physical capabilities that you need to be able to sleep to be able to support that. If you don't sleep, you show up like trash. And then you're going to be pissed off. And that's just going to affect you more psychologically. And it's going to be a cyclical thing. And so, yeah, go to sleep. Sleep is a huge one that people aren't doing enough. And why people aren't seeing results in the gym and fitness. Um, same for if you're trying to lose fat, trying to um, reduce your, like, improve your body composition and reduce your, your, your body fat and just get leaner not sleeping will put a lot of stress on you systematically and it will impede a lot of those adaptations um, that you were trying to look for because it's a stressful process. So it doesn't matter what your goal is, sleep is a plus for every for every cup. Next thing is being underfed and underfueled. So that's the second really big one is that many people that like every single client I have worked with at some point was going into their training sessions underfed and underfueled. And when you think about underfed, underfueled, it's making sure that you have enough carbohydrates um, before your workouts. Actually, let me let me zoom out more globally. Just making sure you have enough calories in your day to support your physical activity that you do as a normal person going about their normal life in their profession and at home, but then also you in training and the things that you do there and both basically your Hannah Montana mode, like your life in the gym or whatever your physical thing is. It doesn't have to be in a gym. It could be like if you are a swimmer or a rock climber or whatever, um, I support all movement. Um, sorry, I just can't think of everything. Um, but yeah, and the physical side and then also you your performance like throughout the day. You need energy, right? You need energy. You need fuel at its most simplistic model is think of yourself as a, like an iPhone. You need energy to be able to pull from because you just don't pull it from thin air. And you're going to feel pretty crappy if you don't have any energy. So being underfed is not a good thing for anybody. Um, but if you are in a fat loss phase, if you are trying to reduce your body fat, lose weight, and improve your body composition, then yes, you will have to pull back your calories a little bit and your macros and things like that. But you still want to be fed. That's like an intentional thing, an intentional um, st strategic um, intervention that you're trying to do for a short period of time. You People don't just diet year-round. Like, it's not 365 forever that they're in a diet. Like, like or they are dieting. No, people don't do that. That's how you lead, that's how you fuck up your shit in terms. So, yeah, being underfed is not a good option. Making sure you're eating enough calories to appropriately support your performance and also to support your um basically your internal health and everything too and your psychological and your mental 
uh, cognitive abilities. If you ever want to perform well at your job, and if your job is very cerebral, like you got, like you got to think hard because you're a writer, you're a speaker, you got to do all of these type of things. You need fuel for you to be able to perform in those type of things. So you need you need energy, you need calories, and then under fueled, um, think of that. Um, I like to swing the pendulum over to the, or no, it's just the other side of the coin of, from the hydration standpoint. So making sure you have enough fluids inside of you um, also. So water, so, <clears throat> so water and electrolytes. So that's what I mean by that from being under fueled as well. So when, so making sure that you're doing enough fluids, making sure you're getting enough electrolytes in, whether from dietary methods or from just any type of supplements that you want to get it from, um, like uh, like Element is a good one, Liquid IV, Noon, there's a few other ones, Prime, um, whatever. It just getting, make sure that you're getting enough water and electrolytes into you matters because for your muscles to contract, they need those type of minerals like potassium, um, sodium, chloride, magnesium, things like that are very important for muscle contractions for you to do your thing and they're really, um, they play a huge pivotal role in how your brain functions as well and a lot of those other type of like internal processes. So making sure you're drinking enough water and getting those hydration fluids in so those things matter. Um, actually a really good analogy when uh, that I like to use when it comes to like helping people understand what um, like hydration really means, not just getting more water and hydration. Think of like a whiskey and Coke. Like when you're getting like whatever mixed drink of your choices, think of that. So it's like if you have a cup and someone pours you, um, like think of the Coke being the water and then the, uh, the alcohol, the whiskey being the electrolyte. So for a nice drink when you're going out, you want it to be a good ratio. But sometimes in the past when I went to bars where my friends were the bartender, sometimes they're trying to hook me up a little bit and they pour a little bit more in the drink. So give me a little more alcohol. But that's a, that's a, that's a fine line that you, have, that you have to tread between because if you add too much, then you make that like, that like stink face that you're like, oh, I can't do this. I'm gonna have to like try to chug it. Or if it's like so bad where it's undrinkable, it's not very pleasant. So the thing of that is like too much electrolytes and not enough water, right? And so, or when you kind of do the inverse of that, when it's too diluted, where it's just a little bit of alcohol, but too much water, then you're like, what am I even drinking? Am I even gonna get like drunk from this? So think of that as like the, um, just the right finesse of like, balance between um, the water and the electrolytes. So depending on your training intensity, depending on um, where you are, your climate, the climate temperature also does influence this too, especially if you are someone who trains outside and the temperature is like the humidity, the temperature, those things will influence your sweat rate um, and then just the duration of your exercise and things like that. Um, those are really other nitty gritty things, but the point is, making sure that you are getting enough food in calorie-wise and enough carbohydrates to support your training, fats, proteins, fiber, all that stuff, like as you kind of funnel down and then making sure that you're getting enough fluids as well to support you neurologically for your, for, um, your muscles and that way you can keep, you can continue training without worrying about like, hey, I'm getting dehydrated, lightheadedness, things like that. Because once those things set, settle in, then you're kind of done. And if you're dehydrated by any more than like two to 5%, your performance decreases by like 10% every two, no, I think it's like 
this is like very rough. This is like some rough data here that I'm trying to pull back on. It's I think it's like every two to three percent in um, fluid like loss, there um, is a ten percent in performance output. So essentially, in layman's terms, if you aren't drinking your fluids, your performance goes down the toilet less and like you can perform less and less. So make sure you're fed and fueled. And the next thing is uh, no one wants to get hurt, right? If you look at any great player in, in any type of sport or it doesn't, it doesn't have to be professional. It could be from your collegiate, from your high school, from your little league team, whatever. Yes, people like to look at the one athletes that's like extremely talented, the one that worked really hard and, and like they shine and things like that. But if you're not training in a structured and systemized and periodized way that manages your stress, then those people that get hurt, they have to go back on the bench. They have to sit on the sideline, go through rehab, things like that. Because if you get injured, you're out. You, you are moving backwards. But those of you that can continue to train and be smart in your load management, you can keep going longer and longer. It's it's Think of it as more like a longevity game. The longer you can stay in without getting injured, the further you'll go. It doesn't matter how... You, you don't have to be born with natural talent, uh, natural some type of like inclination to this stuff or like fitness or like building muscle or like whatever your genetics, genetics is. If you have all the cards like stacked against you, if you drill in the foundation, the basics, and you are smart with your training, you are managing the load of stress. And what I mean by stress is like, say, if it's more of like a resistance program, like just lifting weights wise, you're managing the load between your joints um, and like from a CNS CNS perspective um excuse me actually before i go towards that it's like just load management in your lifting so that way you're not putting too much load um, past your tissues capacity so then an injury doesn't happen right so like if i if i take somebody like one of my clients who's only seven eight weeks into training right now and if i were to put him uh, like Right now, we're working on a lot of lunging and hinging stuff, but if I were to put 400 pounds on his back right away or just increase his volume or intensity too much more than what his t the tissues and his knees can like withstand, using that for example, he's going to get injured. But I have to train him in just the right range for his current cap capacity until his capacity can increase, his tissue resilience can increase, his tolerance, etc., etc. So managing your load matters, taking deload times, not just training one muscle group all the time because not just the muscle, you have tendons, you have ligaments. Those things need time to adapt. You want to be training in a way that's intelligent, structured, programmed, periodized, and that do like that's also fun and challenges you, but also um, reduces your chance of getting injured. So intelligent programming matters. So load management from like a lifting perspective but then there's also from a type of conditioning perspective too right because you want you want like say if you're an endurance runner right like right now i'm trying to train for a marathon and so i can't just go outside and run hard kind of like what we've seen in movies like a rocky movie or anything like that like just full out guns blazing all the time then i'm going to i'm not going to 
develop that um, adaptation I'm looking for for that specific goal, vice versa, right? So you got to train appropriately for that type of outcome that you're looking for. So managing your load, training within the threshold of where you need to be for the goal that you're looking for. So and also managing the load of like your the volume and time that you were on your feet, for example, or any other thing. So then you Actually, I'll just keep using the context of running so then you don't develop like shin splints, you don't um, injure your Achilles, or you don't have foot problems, or hip problems, or things like that. So managing your load, having some type of programming really does matter. So that's kind of like the third pillar here. So really, um, this can be like multiple series and or multiple parts, and I can kind of keep rambling on, um, but those are just really three big pillars that I would say that do hold a lot of people back globally um, when it comes to them improving their fitness, how, whatever they, however they define their fitness. So, but these things can just help you stay in the game as long as you can and continue to make results and feel good and have fun and not get injured because when you get injured, that stuff's not fun because I understand what that's like. I've had three left knee surgeries, so I understand the rehab process physically, medically, financially and psychologically so trust me i understand what that feels like um so making sure that you drill in your sleep making sure that you are being fed and fueled and making sure that you are managing your load um in your training matters a whole lot so this rounds out this episode i think this one was a little bit longer here um but as you can tell i just i can i just like talking about this stuff and i just want to keep sharing this stuff and i just wish some of this stuff that's cram this is noggin of mine um of things that can just go i can just like i wish i can just like airdrop it to other people's minds um maybe when elon makes that like neural link stuff from like prosthetics to your brain i can just neural link some of these stuff to like some homies and just you guys but anyways again thank you for listening that's gonna round out this episode for today um come back tomorrow because for the year 2024 we're posting an episode every single day um giving you helpful nuggets when it comes to health and fitness self-improvement philosophy because those are things i really really like and i'm just gonna just drop them because this is a channel i want this to be something that i wish i had when i was coming up because it's all the stuff i like and all the stuff i'm obsessed and passionate about so fuck yeah um yep everyday podcast um, all, stream, all streaming platforms and YouTube. Um, please subscribe, leave a rating if you found this valuable, you like this. Um, that really does help the channel grow, help support me. Um, and I do appreciate every single listen. Thank you guys. Catch you next one.